Good morning from Milano. I'm sitting here noodling something I heard recently. I was listening to David White, W-H-Y-T-E. I love his Three Sundays series. He does Three Sundays in March, Three Sundays in January. He does three one-hour lectures, usually around one theme. And I love them because it's kind of like going to church. It brings me back to my heart space. He makes me think. I love listening to the questions that he addresses at the end. I love his use of language, and I love hearing him recite a poem. He only usually recites one or two during each lecture, but he gives you the context for where he was in his life when he wrote them, and he gives you the meaning behind them. And it's like a window into poetry from a living poet. Anyway, on to the story. I was giving you some context. What I'm thinking about this morning is something he shared on this lecture. He was telling a story about his friend who was actually in the room with him. And apparently, kind of out of nowhere, this friend not only started going to church, but he became very active in the church. And David was extremely surprised by this. This is an old friend of his, and I guess there was a certain level of intimacy between them. And he said to his friend, hey, what's the deal? Like, why are you going to church? <laughs> and his friend replied, you know, David, being a good person is hard. And that story was a sticky one for me. It has permeated my thoughts ever since I heard it. And I think it's simply because it is so universal. I've been noodling like what we do with that. What is it that we do on an individual basis with that desire to be a good person? And how does being a good person extend beyond our immediate circumstances, our immediate life, our family and our friend circle? And as I'm thinking about it, I guess what's going through my mind is it doesn't matter so much what form being a good person takes in our life. As much as that actual thought of wanting to be a good person and how we shift that from a passive thought or desire to more of an intention. And when I say intention, it's more conscious, more deliberate, more alive in your awareness. And I found the story very sweet because clearly this gentleman wanted to shift from having this passive idea in his mind to being more actively intentional about it. And his way of doing that was to not only surround himself with other people who he presumed would have this being a good person energy, but also put himself in the way of opportunities to act on that. I think in his mind, probably the church is a place that serves the community or would offer him some opportunity to, air quotes, more actively be a good person. Anyway, I don't want to go on and on about this particular story or this wanting to be a good person, but it is making me think about the power of surrounding ourselves with people who have shared ideas or goals or missions or whatever you want to call them. And I refer to that often as like-minded people, surrounding yourself with like-minded people. But that is not quite accurate because you can be with people that aren't of like mind, but it's more about being in an energetic circle of people 
with whom you share something in common, right? When I did my experiment to invite people into this virtual circle that I'm trying to create, it's about coming together with this theme of how can I more consciously, more intentionally bring my thoughts back to working on creating a life I love. It's sort of like building that muscle of agency. And it's not so much about being with like-minded people. It's really more about being in that energy with people who have a shared intention. There is a lot of power in that. There's a lot of power in showing up, being seen, listening to other people, getting ideas from other people. In fact, I'm sharing this story also as a note to self because I think so often we sit in our own soup and we struggle with trying to figure things out. And sometimes we need to seek out others because it's so powerful to be around other people who have some shared goal or objective, whatever it is. In fact, when I was preparing for that first call I did, I was Googling circling. I'm going to read to you before I close here the notes I gathered for myself on circling because I think it really drives home the point of the gesture of going to church. It's not about church. It's about surrounding yourself with other people in circle, whether it's a virtual circle or the circle at a church or a club, it doesn't matter. Coming together in a circle is an ancient practice. It has a lot of power. So here's what I wrote to myself on circling. Circling is gathering. It's about connection, empowerment, and perspective. Circling is about the emergent collective intelligence of a group. It's about extending our perceptual range through sharing our experiences, exploring blind spots, or unconscious ways of being. We can influence others and be influenced ourselves in our perspectives, our choices, and our behaviors. Circling is taking the time to allow ourselves time and space to be fully with our feelings and with the feelings of others, thereby expanding our emotional range. And the last and perhaps most important line I wrote is this. Circling is being aware and acknowledging our collective humanity. Let me end by saying this. Whether you are, like me, feeling called to convene a circle, to invite people into a group, or you have somewhere in the back of your mind that maybe you should join a group or a club, take a class, or hey, go to church, do it. It is such a cool and beautiful thing to come into a circle, whatever that circle may look like. There is a lot of power in gathering. It's about connection, empowerment, and perspective. That's it. I'll leave you with that for today. Until next time, from my heart to yours. Mm -hmm.